Hello, I'm Janae McKnight, and I am your host today on Agape Learning Tools Podcast. This is episode six, and so today we are learning about procedures that you should rehearse with your students. Some of these things you probably have already done in your classroom at the beginning of the year, but in case you haven't, that could be the problem exactly why you are having some behavior issues in your classroom. So it's never too late to go back and start again. All right, so the first procedure that you should make sure that you establish in your classroom is how your students enter the classroom. Number one, you can try lining your students up in the hallway, and this goes from anywhere from K through eight. If you want to line them up in the hallway, make sure they're quiet or make sure they're somewhat quiet. Some people require total silence. Some people require um, a low indoor voice. So if that's what you desire, you should get that established outside in the hallway before they enter into your classroom. This is a sure effective way to make sure that students, once they come into the classroom, they are already set to learn. All right. Now, Another way that some teachers have their students come in because the congestion in the hallway is they may have them just to walk in the classroom. They can sit, they can chatter and talk for a little while, but then maybe the teacher does a gong sound, maybe the teacher does a hand in the air, whatever signal the teacher gives to let them know that class has begun, then that's how they start their class. Now, a third suggestion is that you can also stand at your door and as each student enters into the door, you can hand them their do now or their bell ringer or whatever it is. And that kind of also goes into my next um, my next procedure that should be established is them getting to work on immediately, immediately when they come into the classroom. So this method works hand in hand with that. Students can come into the room as they're coming in. You're handing them their bell ringer, their do now in their hand, okay? You're greeting them. Good morning. How are you? You look fabulous. Here you go. Here's your do ringer. Please get started on it immediately. Once all the students are in and I come in, it get the timer gets started. Five minutes for bell ringers or do nows, all right? So you have already set your student up. You've already established what they have to do. And as you do this each day, they will begin to expect that do now then, or if it is not a paper do now, maybe you'll say, hey, okay, get to your computers. You have five minutes to start on your do now, you know, in the agenda, go ahead and do this. You can start them right away, just informing students what they need to do. And that handles two of these procedures of entering the classroom and getting to work immediately. The third procedure is structuring headings on your papers. Now, your school may choose to do this school-wide. I've seen it done both ways, school-wide as well as um, grade level-wise. So maybe your grade level has a specific way that they want each student to head their paper, whether it's digitally or whether it is um, you know, on paper, actual paper when they're writing. So you may have them to put their name, their subject, um, what period they have your class, especially if this is junior high or middle school, and then you would put today's date on it. So that may go in the upper right-hand corner, the upper left-hand corner. Maybe you want it to go on the first line, but however your grade level chooses to do that or your school or your district chooses to do that, that is something that should definitely be taught 
within those first weeks of school. And again, if not, if it has not been taught, go back and reset. All right. Now for the fourth procedure that you should make sure that you rehearse with your students, that is them knowing what to do when they are absent. When students are absent, we know that they are already kind of misplaced because when they come back, there's something you're talking about that they don't know about. Um, and so this can be done again digitally or it can be done on paper. And it probably should be done both ways in case a student has lost their computer, broken their computer, or it's malfunctioning or something. So what you can do digitally is you can have a folder or a place on your computer that you have available to your students, whether it's a Google Doc, a Google folder that's available to your students for them to just go in and get their assignments that they missed. Or if you have an agenda, you, they can just click the links and go back and finish any work that they missed the day that they were out. Now, if you're using paper copies, I would suggest in your room, you have at least a folder that is stapled to the wall um, or to your bulletin board, and then you have an arrow pointing to it that says missing work. Um, and then your students can, you can just go in there when students pass out work the day that they are, um, that they are not there, that the student is not there. They can just come in the next day, go to the missing work folder, pull out the assignment, and then they can do it that day in class, or they can take it home and do it for homework. However you choose to have the student do that. But that's another procedure that should be taught to your students so that students don't come in the next day. I don't know where this is. I need I need the work from yesterday. Their parents are calling. Where's the work from yesterday? And you're scrambling trying to find papers. No, when students are passing that paper out the day that you gave the assignment, have them to put the rest of them inside of the missing work um, or the absent folder, however you choose to name that folder. OK, so that is number four. Okay, next is um, asking for help or conferencing. How, what procedure have you established for your students to ask for help? If they need to come in conference with you, how do they do that? Now, this is two suggestions. One suggestion is you can have that student to raise their hand a certain way. You can have them to put up two fingers and then you can jot down a list of those students that need to conference with you, those students that may need help and then you can go to them as you are available. That's one way in class that it can be known. So you can just have the student to do this, or you can have them to do this, that I need help. You know, Maybe you may ask the question and say, hey, is there anyone that needs help at this time? And then they would raise their hand or they would raise their finger. Um, or if it's like they're working on an assignment and they do this, then you can just look up, jot their name down and say, I got you. I got you. I got you. And, you know, you don't have to say their name because sometimes kids don't want the other kids to know that they need help with something. Another way you can do this is, again, you can do this um, digitally where the student can um, send you an email. They can um, you can have a Google Doc or something with each of your students if you have small classroom sizes. Um, and they can just shoot you, you know, say, hey, I need help with this. You know, they can attach what it is they need help with. If it is a larger classroom, I wouldn't suggest that method because then you'll have all of these, um, you know, emails, all of these documents. So probably the best way would be for you to um, have them to do their fingers or even maybe the maybe the Google Doc that might work as well. So, um, you know, you want to just kind of this. I'm just telling you, I'm not telling you 
what you have to do. I'm just giving you suggestions of some ways that you can establish this procedure in your class, but it definitely needs to be an established procedure for how your students can communicate to you that they need help. And some students don't care if other students know, so that, that will determine how you establish that as well. So you can maybe establish two different ways for those that are shy and for those that are more bold, okay? All right, another um, procedure that you should have established is um, if students finish their work early, what should they do? This is the most, uh, the biggest reason why we have classroom behaviors. Students finish the work really fast, whether they did it correctly or not, but they finish the work in 10 minutes. And then here you have a whole 40 minutes left. So number one, teachers should always plan bell to bell always have an overflow of things that your students should do, okay? So let's say if they finish, okay, they can read a book. They can read a passage and do and answer questions for extra credit. They can practice their, um, you know, if it's math, they can practice their facts. They can do a quizzes. It's so many different things that students can do when they are finished, but teachers, you must have them included either in your agenda on the computer, or you must have them included paper form. Students need to have those activities. They used to call them anchor activities back in the day. I'm not sure if that's what they're still calling them or not, but they should have those activities to do once they have finished their main assignment. Now, those activities are activities that students, those are skills students still need to practice. So for example, in the state of Indiana, students still need to be able to find, um, whether they call it the main idea or the central idea, you can always have an assignment where students are doing that. And just to make students interested in doing it, offer a few extra points, especially if they get the answers correct. You know, you may wanna just see how they're doing in that area you know, select whether it's a, a review of, of fractions or if it's a review of their facts. Um, maybe you that's a good way to differentiate to get students to where they need to be because you have students at all different levels missing all types of skills. So that's one way that you can do it is you can have these anchor activities after students finish with their main assignment for your class. Okay, so that is another procedure that you should establish. And lastly, you should establish a procedure for students to listen to the school-wide announcements. For example, first thing in the morning, most schools have announcements made. A lot of students say they can't hear the announcements because all the kids are talking and it's so loud in their classroom. So this needs to be established right from the get-go, that your classroom is on zero, okay? And you should tell them this. Now, there's also an, uh, an app that I shared with some teachers that's online, and it's, I think it's called Classroom Screen or Class Screen. On there, they have where you can select a, um, you can select a timer or you can select, it, it's a uh, noise, noise calculator. And the arrow goes up as loud as the class is. So you can let the kids know this arrow should not move at all during announcements. It should be totally silent. 
And so that's another way that you can get students to get quiet, whether it's, and then you can also offer, you know, rewards. You can also offer warrior loot or, you know, whatever it is that your school offers, you know, you can offer money for them to, you know, start off to get quiet and things along that line and eventually wean away from that because this is really just an expectation. So you should say, hey, you know, for those of you guys that do a great job with getting quiet quickly during the announcements, you get $5 or you get $3, whatever it is. But if they don't do it, then don't give them the money. But then after so long, you start weaning them away and you say, okay, now this is established as an expectation in our classroom. I would give out, you know, money, school money for something else, but not for this anymore because you've matured, you've grown into this. Okay. So, and they can actually, they should, that's why they should be quiet because they're doing their do now or their bell ringer, which you should have every day in your classroom. So. These are just seven tips for things and procedures. There are so many more, but these are tips and procedures that you should establish in your classroom. If you would like to know more about this subject, I would appreciate it if you would comment and let me know, and then I can do a part two of this series. Or if you want to drop me an email at our website at agapelearningtools.com, you can also let me know there that you want to know more about this subject. Um, so, Please continue to listen to us on Anchor, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as catch this video on YouTube. I really appreciate you educators. Continue to stay tuned in to the Agape Learning Tools podcast. See you next week. Bye.